Well, this, this Sunday, uh, in the morning service, we plan to continue looking at Ephesians 4. And so, uh, for our devotional tonight, I want to examine just a little phrase that's in Ephesians 4, in verse 30. I'll read Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, this little phrase, it says, you were, you were sealed... For the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, there's, there's so much in that phrase, and we're not going to have uh, time or space to, to really go into that on Sunday. So tonight we're going to, to look at this being sealed for redemption by the Holy Spirit of God. Briefly, we'll look at three things. What is this seal? What is this seal? And then secondly, why? Why did he seal us? And then thirdly, when will, be the, se- when will the seal be finalized or, or finished. So, first of all, what is this, this seal? And we'll just bring to your uh, recollection that uh, a seal, uh, both then and now, a seal is something, it's some kind of certification of, of something that's official. A certification that makes something, shows something, is official. So, if you've ever seen a diploma or a certification Maybe you did a class. Maybe you, you went through some tests and you get a certificate. There's usually on it some kind of seal. It, it looks like a, a medallion-like emblem, maybe. Maybe it's embossed. Sometimes it's, it's in gold. But the, the presence of that seal is to tell you, this thing is for real. This certificate, this diploma, it's real. And, and back then, think of how seals were used even on something like the grave of, of Jesus. They, they took his body... They put his corpse uh, into this stone tomb, and then the opening of the stone tomb, they, they rolled a large stone over it, and then the government had an order. The government uh, said, this is not to be opened. We killed this man. He is to stay here. You're not to mess with the body. And so they put a seal over it. Maybe they, they melted wax over the, uh, the stone that was covering the opening and the, the surrounding rock, and then they might have pressed into it the insignia of the government. There was some kind of official insignia sealing it a seal is a guarantee that this whatever we're talking about the thing that's sealed this is a guarantee from some some voice of authority this is something that the government stands behind this is something that the ruler is guaranteeing and what we have here in ephesians is in christianity the holy spirit is a seal the holy spirit is this seal and and that that's how, this is how it works out for us. When, when a person comes to believe and to follow Jesus, when a person's a Christian, God puts a seal on you. It, it is a seal. This is repeated several times in Scripture. The Holy Spirit is a seal. It's also called, he's also called a down payment. And, and that's talking about there's more to come. The seal is saying this is the beginning of something that's real. So places like 2 Corinthians 5, 5. Now, speaking to believers, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So, so if, you're, um, if you're shopping for a car, and uh, maybe you're not going through a dealership, but you're going to someone, a private seller, and you see the car, you're interested in it, and you say, can I take it for a ride? And they say, sure. 
Um, but because they don't know whether you're trustworthy or not, they, they want to make sure you'll bring their car back. Maybe you leave the keys to your own car that you drove there. It's a guarantee. It's a promise that I'm going to bring this back. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is something God has given, and it's a guarantee of more to come. 1 Corinthians 1, 22, very similar language about the Holy Spirit. It says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So again, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. Now, this last Sunday, we observed five people getting baptized, and that was wonderful. And one, one thing that you want to think about is those baptisms and your own baptism. Baptism is a seal. It's a sign and a seal of the Holy Spirit who God is pouring out and there's more to come. So every time you, you think of your own baptism or you see a baptism, you think of it as a seal, think of it as a down payment, think of it as something that's begun but it's not yet complete and it will be completed eventually. If you're a Christian, God gives you his spirit. The third person of the Trinity is poured on you, comes into you, and is a seal upon you. Now, these days, people have questions about identity. Who am I? Who am I really? Is, it, is, is my ethnicity what really defines me? Is my gender what defines me? Is my, my citizenship? Well, this seal says something about your real identity. God has put his mark on you. So we have this seal. But secondly, why did he seal us? Why did God put a seal on all those who are his? Well, many reasons, but here's the one I want to bring out tonight. He, he sealed you, believer, because he wants you to be encouraged. The seal is an encouragement. Because when you follow Jesus, you expect, you know that part of what Jesus says is to follow him means you have to take up a cross. You're expecting trouble in your life. You're expecting tribulations. Jesus says, don't be surprised. John 16, 33. These things, Jesus said, I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he says, you need to expect you're going to have trouble in this world. Acts 14, 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Now, the tribulations aren't what, what make you a Christian. But once you become a Christian, you expect tribulations. You expect it's going to happen. First Peter four twelve, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. And so, troubles will come. And... If my prediction is right, based on what the Bible is saying, if you're a Christian, you are having trouble right now. And if you're not, well, thank the Lord for a little bit of green pastures, a little bit of still waters. But the prediction is you're going to have trouble. Nothing's gone wrong. You, your troubles might look like this. You became a Christian, and now you're losing respect of people around you. Or you've become a Christian, you're following Jesus, and you're making the right decision and you're losing comforts in your life. Your life is not as comfortable, not as secure as it used to feel. You're following Jesus. You're, you're taking up what he says in his word. You're doing it. And you may start losing love from people who used to love you. And, and these fiery trials, 
they can wear you down. You can start to get run down. And, and not only that, trials can start to sow in you doubts. Trials can sow doubts. And you start wondering, is all of this real? Is this all in my head? Was it just an emotional experience I had when there was just this arrangement of circumstances and people and maybe some music was playing? But was it really real? Was it just my feelings? And you might even wonder, did I make a mistake? Am I going to get to the end of all this, the end of my life, and I'm just going to look like a fool because none of it was true? Well, this is part of why God seals us. This is part of why he sends the Spirit to seal you. He doesn't seal you because he needs to be convinced about your identity. He doesn't seal you because he needs to be convinced about the future that he's promised. He already knows. It's his plan. You're the one. You're the one that needs to be convinced. You're the one that needs to be encouraged that God has begun something real in you. You're the one who needs to be encouraged in your faith in the midst of your trials. And so the Holy Spirit is a seal to encourage you. Now, when your troubles are many, like maybe they are tonight, how is the Holy Spirit an encouragement to you? Is it just some like gold sticker with little starbursts that you just put on your Bible? I mean, what, what are we talking about? How is, how is the Holy Spirit a seal that encourages you? Well, here are some ways. The Holy Spirit's not a sticker on a piece of paper. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is it gives illumination. The Bible, that means, will come alive to you and explain things to you. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. When you're in trouble, and if you're a believer, you know what you need to do when you need this encouragement. You've got to go to the Word. But the Word will just be this dead book unless, as you're plowing through it, as you're searching through it, the Holy Spirit gives you light. And when he does, you know that experience, don't you? The Holy Spirit is able to connect you when you're down to encouragement that's in the word. The Holy Spirit is also a seal that gives you encouragement in this way. The Holy Spirit gives joy. You know the phrase in the Bible, the joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also does this when you need encouragement, when you're wondering, is this real? The Spirit is the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit will confirm to you Your adoption. You might be wondering, is any of this real? Well, here's how the Holy Spirit does that. In salvation, we know the word tells us that that God makes us, adopts us, and makes us his sons and daughters. Well, what's going to make that real to you? When will that actually matter when you're under trouble and going through affliction? Well, the Holy Spirit does this. The Holy Spirit makes you, I think you could say, without exaggerating, makes you feel your adoption. How? Well, think about places like Romans 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, just take this one little thing here that's talking about prayer and and how does this map to my adoption? How is this going to help me when I'm low? when I'm just, I'm floundering. If you're a Christian, you pray. If you're a Christian, you pray even when you're starting to struggle with doubt and you're sinking. That's what Peter did when he was sinking and doubting and fearing. He prayed. And when you pray, this says, the Spirit is the one who enables you to begin every prayer you utter with the words, Abba, Father. The Spirit is the one that enables you to start your prayer when you're sinking under the water 
Dear Father, help. Or, Oh Father, help me. Or, My Father, who is in heaven, your name is holy. Help me, your, cha- your son. Help me, your daughter. If you find any degree of comfort in praying, and, and any degree of comfort in praying to your heavenly Father, it's because of the Holy Spirit, the seal that God has given. So he gives the seal for our encouragement. Now thirdly and finally, well, when will this sealing become the fullness of what's on the certificate, of, of what's on the, the declaration? When will the seal be finished? The Spirit is the seal of something to be fulfilled. It's a, it's a down payment of the fullness that's going to be arriving in your account. But when is that? Well, it says here in Ephesians 4.30, it's on the day of redemption. The day of our redemption. Once you believe, in one sense, that's the day of your redemption. You're redeemed. You're purchased. But the fullness of that has yet to be. It's yet to be um, uh, fully accomplished. The, the fullness of it's in the future. So you're redeemed once you're saved, but the fullness of your redemption is still yet to come. The day is coming. It's the final day. Ephesians earlier in chapter 1 references this. Ephesians 1.13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What he's saying there, and that's a, that's a very dense verse, but he's just talking about the final day, the final day when this life is finally over. And that day is going to be the day you don't even want to think of it primarily as the day that you die. You need to think of it as the day that you inherit. It's the day that you inherit a wealth that can't be stolen, that can't be squandered, can't be corrupted. It's the day when you're going to inherit a new physical body, freed from all the groanings of the body and the soul. It's the day when your, your soul will be perfected and you'll be completely made over into the image of Christ. Romans eight twenty three. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. There's something right about groaning now, about all of your bodily and emotional and soul pains. That day of groaning, though, will come to an end. And this is that day as described in Romans, uh, Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The gospel tells you that Jesus died and cleanses you, cleanses you from all blame. And that's true. On the final day, you're going to stop accumulating blame. There's a day when you will cease sinning. There'll be no more need to ask for forgiveness because there'll be nothing to be forgiven. But it will be the very last day that you ever sin because we're going to be like him. We'll be forever free, redeemed from sin. That means no more envy. That means no more lust, no more unbelief and doubt that, that comes like the, 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 the dog in the dark of night that's always coming after us. No more hatred, no more pride or idolatry, no more disappointment with ourselves. On that day, the Spirit of God will complete the image of the Son in you and in me. 
May the Lord hasten that day.